Hey guys, how you doing? This is JP Saricolia coming to you once again with another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast. You know, welcome to the podcast, to this weekly podcast. Uh, I'm glad that you're here with me so we can discuss things and we can have fun because there's a lot of things that we need to talk about. And, and this week I want to um, discuss probably a subject that you have heard a lot um, on social media. Uh, it's been everywhere. And it was, uh, in this case, the response from um, uh, Martin Escorsese in regards to the MCU. Uh, and this, of course, created such a backlash since last week, um, his interview with Empire, uh, where he declared that he's not a fan of the MCU, that he doesn't watch and he doesn't consider them cinema. And um, definitely it sparked a big conversation online. Uh, a lot of people uh, responded. A lot of uh, directors and actors have responded also online through Twitter. And a lot of people have been asked the question. So it's becoming this thing where everybody's going after, um, in this case, Esker says. And definitely um, he, he said a lot of things that I definitely don't agree with. But today we want to explore what he's saying and we're going to kind of fact check some things and to to really know that, you know, to get to the bottom of it. And I want to do it this week. I know sometimes, you know, we would want to extend the, in this case, the gossip. And this is not my purpose here to be pretty much a gossip platform where we talk about gossip. But I want to set some things straight because it really affects us. And it really, uh, as geeks, uh, as supporters of the MCU, I consider myself a big supporter of the MCU. As a moviegoer, I review movies here as well. I'm not a director. I'm not an actor. I don't represent that. I, I don't try to misrepresent who I am. I don't know much in regards to the industry. Uh, but as a person, as a person that has watched movies since I was a kid, like most of us, uh, we know how these movies make us feel. And because they make us feel a certain way, we can say that we are experts, at least as viewers, as the audience in regards to the films and how they feel about it. So I want to explore all of these things today. I want to talk about them because definitely um, it is a geeky thing to do. And it's important for us to set the record straight. So we're going to discuss that. So definitely he started Empire and I'm going to use, uh, in this case, uh, an article. I'm going to go to, uh, there's many responses. You can go online and there's plenty of them. So definitely it's going to take, it's a rabbit hole trying to find it. Everybody's pretty much repeating the same thing over and over and over again. But I want to use in this case a, an article and I'm going to go to, in this case, to, um, uh, CVS News. I'm going to use CVS News for that purpose. And uh, here, and I have all these links in the descriptions if you're interested to read them. Uh, but this is, uh, the, in this article, it says Samuel L. Jackson and others, other stars respond to Martin Scorsese's comments about Marvel movies. So we're going down. Uh, here it says, well, I'm going to go to the beginning. Marvel Scorsese found himself in hot water with one of the biggest fandoms of the planet. Uh, and that's true. After he made not so favorable comments about Marvel movies. Now, Marvel actors and directors, including Samuel L. Jackson, are hitting back. Now, in the interview with Empire Magazine, uh, I'm reading this. As Corsair has made it clear that he's not a fan of Marvel superhero movies. I don't see them. I try, you know. But that's not cinema. He said, honestly, the closest I can think of them as well... Uh, made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances uh, that's a really like a, a low blow is theme parks it is isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional psychological experiences to another human being 
the Oscar winner's comment immediately sparked outrage among Marvel fans and those who work within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, MCU. Samuel L. Jackson was asked about it during the grand opening of Tyler Perry's new production studio. I mean, that's like saying Bugs Bunny ain't funny. Films are films. Uh, this is a resp the response of uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Everybody doesn't like his stuff either. Uh, actually, I watched the video, and in that video, he say, and actually, he said, well, a lot of people don't like the way he portrays a lot of. I, I know, like he said, I know a lot of Italian Americans that don't like the way he portrays them in his films, which is true. Uh, and um, and that's it. You know, he said that. But before that, of course. And he also responded, everybody has an opinion, so I mean it's okay, Jackson, who has played Nick Fury in nine Marvel films, continue, ain't going to stop nobody from making movies, which is true. Regardless of how Scorsese feels about the movies, that's not going to stop this rich train uh, of the MCU. It's going to continue producing films and uh, with a great success among the fans. Uh, Jackson was not the only member of the MCU to respond to Scorsese. Comic book writer and artist Jonathan Hickman responded in a tongue-in-cheek way on Twitter, replacing several words in Scorsese's quotes so that it was about spicy chicken wings. I don't eat them. I try, you know. <laughs> James Gunn, who directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, seemed disheartened by the response from his fellow director, Martin Scorsese. It's one of my fi uh, five favorite living filmmakers, Gunn tweeted. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. Gunn chose to end his response on a positive note. That said, I will always love Scorsese, be grateful for his contribution to cinema, and can't wait to see The Irishman, which is, you know, pretty much playing very soon uh, uh, on Netflix. Now, another Marvel director, Josh Weedham, responded to Scorsese's comments by standing up for not himself, but for Gunn. I first think of James Gunn, how his heart and guts are packed into, uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, I revere Marty, and I don't see his point. But, well, there's a reason why I'm always angry, he tweeted. <laughs> That's a response to people saying that he's always angry. We don't direct the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. And uh, the feud uh, with Scorsese is similar to James Cameron's stiff with MCU. Last year, Cameron received backlash for comments he made to IndieWire. I'm hoping we'll start getting Avengers fatigue here, here pretty soon, Cameron told the publication. Not that I don't love the movies, it just come on, guys. There are other stories to tell besides hyper Gnadal males without families doing dead-defying things for two hours and wrecking cities in the process. It's like, oh, hey, he continued. Cameron appeared to make amends with the MCU earlier this year when his company congratulated Avengers Endgame for surpassing Avatar's box office record. The Avatar Twitter account uh, tweeted a message of congrats signed by Cameron. Okay. Um... What I can tell you about this is um, definitely it's one of those things that is hard to to really it's really difficult to to not consider these factors um, you know to really put them in perspective. We need to see things in perspective. Uh, when you think about um, Scorsese, you're thinking about one of the greatest directors of this modern era. But I gotta be honest with you. I've never been a fan of his movies, uh, all his movies. Um, I understand why people like them. 
but since the 70s he's been a creator uh pretty much the genre that he's part of has always been like you know like in this case um the type of gangster movies that he has always portrayed his portrayal of uh, most of the time uh, italian americans in the light that his experiences life experiences are shown in the film or what he considers his life experiences of course he probably he grew up in a different a rougher air uh, time uh so um, definitely he portrays that in his films uh, pretty much the underground of America in this case primarily Italian Americans Irish Americans and that's what he has portrayed in his films that's the type of genre that he is known for and uh, he has created other type of films all the trailers and stuff and, and he's a good director he is important he's been involved in the film industry for 50 years so definitely it's a big part of who he is and uh, he portrays that in cinema. But in my opinion, I have never been a fan of Goodfellas. I've never been a fan of a lot of the movies that he has done over the time. You know, he has created uh, from, in this case, um, so many different uh, movies, you know, from, uh, in this case, Mean Streets. Well, that was the first film that he created uh, back in 1973. That was a hit. Taxi Driver wouldn't actually... Uh, you know, it, you know. In this case, the Joker takes a lot of cues from that. I'm not going to talk about the Joker here um, uh, in this moment because I haven't watched it at the moment that I'm recording this. I haven't watched it, uh, but I'm going to watch it. And this week, I'm going to have a review of the film. You know, there's a lot of comments. There's a lot of people saying that it's pretty much a copy and paste of Taxi Driver. I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to determine that when the time comes, and I'm going to share my, uh, that on my YouTube channel. But he has done so many. Last Temptation of Christ, of course, Casino. Cape Fear, and now the Irishman, Gangs of New York. It's always the the Aviator. All these films have been always the Departed. So many of those those films, and I can tell you one thing: so many of them are great uh, from a visual standpoint, but they have never, I would say, touched me to the point that I say, "Man, this it's like, you know." Like some people are saying that he's a god in Hollywood. Uh, I don't consider any man a god, you know, and that's first and foremost, you know, like, like Kyle Gunn, I use the same expression Captain America said, there's only one god and he doesn't dress like that. That's just bottom line. And this is the difference, you know, like what he's saying that they don't really present emotions, even on, on, and in, in that, and in, in the interview, he's saying that, and I'm going back to that so we can read it again. When he said in his initial comments, it says, I don't see them, I try, you know, but that's not cinema. He said, honestly, the closest I can think of them as well as may as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, saying, well, the actors are providing, they're actually holding those movies to the higher standard, which is, is not really true. Because at the end of the, the end, it's not the actors, it's the story. You know, the stories that I've been told, of course, they're expanded by the actors, but the actors are not carrying the films. Is the story in itself. And this story is some of them that have been written for years. Many of these stories have been written. Uh, they're pretty much interpretations of stories that have been done for years, you know, way before actually even Scorsese was even a director. Uh, so definitely he's wrong in that sense. It, it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences. He's saying that they don't convey any emotional, psychological experiences to the viewer, which is untrue to another human being. Because they're not just, he, he's, he hasn't watched it. He's saying that he has watched, he doesn't watch him. He said, but he's, uh, he takes the time to really criticize him that they don't convey anything emotional, which is untrue. I can tell you one thing, uh, you know, in this case, Goodfellas doesn't convey any emotional for me. I'm seeing from a third party perspective, the life of people that are pretty much far from my personal experience. I'm not a gangster. 
So I don't understand what he's trying to say because in reality, you know, this movies represent more. Yeah, I'm not a superhero, but they really convey stories of heroes, people that take the last step or they make a step to do the right thing, even against all the circumstances, you know, against all the circumstances that are playing pretty much not in their favor. They're taking that stand. So this is why it really it really touches home for me. But we have to understand the reality when he's saying what cinema is. We have to go back to the meaning of the word cinema. And I'm going to use, in this case, uh, some of these words. So when you go to the dictionary and you look at the definitions, and I'm going to uh, show you this. You go to the Oxford Dictionary, for example, and, and you're trying to, to convey what the word cinema is. You go to the word, and first of all, you have to understand that there's a big difference between, even though it's an English word, it is based on a French word. And uh, because of that, of course, uh, the, ex the extension of the, or the meaning, it differs depending on the country as well, on the uh, English-speaking country. Now, for British people, for from people in the British countries, cinema is a theater uh, where films are shown for public entertainment. I'm using the Oxford uh, Dictionary. Uh, it, uh, you know, in, the, in North America, that's technically the word that we use for movie theater. We call the movie theater technically the cinema. In the UK, they call it cinema. So it's technically a location where movies are shown. Okay. Now there's another uh, expression on that. It's uh, the production of films as an art or industry. The production of films. So anything that conveys producing movies as art are also for sale as cinema. So that means that even horror films, cheesy films, action films, everything you watch, you know, cartoons, animated films, all of that, there are films, there are cinema. They are made for entertainment. They are made for the purpose to convey art, but also just to sell. You know, it's a business. So the word cinema conveys a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of things. Now, this is an origin. It's early 20th century uh, word from the French cinema. That's what it is, abbreviation of cinematography. So actually, cinema is an abbreviation in French of cinematography. And cinematography is the act, the art actually of conveying and putting motion pictures together, you know, to convey images and, you know, create motion. And that's what it is, cinematography. So when he's saying that in this case, they're not cinema because of conveying emotional things, he's, he's totally misguided. He's wrong. He's totally wrong. You know, he's wrong. And uh, a lot of people are going to defend them. You know, of course, all people are saying, and I even heard that expression someone was saying in one of the forums or one of the Facebook groups saying, well, it's okay not to like him because there's a big difference between fast food, compare it, in this case, the MCU, with fine dining, comparing, in this case, uh, not Coppola, uh, Scorsese's films. And to me, that's even a wrong an expression. Yeah, you know, there's a difference between fast food and actually, uh, in this case, fine dining. But I can tell you one thing. Uh, my experience has been sometimes there's some fast food places that are, or, you know, you, things that we consider fast food that are better than going to a restaurant. You know, I can tell you one thing. I'd rather eat a burger, a juicy burger. I have eaten a juicy, juicier burgers I would say at Five Guys or, uh, you know, in this case, uh, in and out, they're better than if you go to a fine dining restaurant when they get you this burger. You technically pay too much money for a burger that is tastier in a fast food location. You know, as a Mexican, I know Mexican culture, we also have fine dining, but also the vast majority of the street food that we eat is technically fast food. It's Mexican fast food. 
there's no better tacos. You can go to a really fancy taco place and pay a lot of dollars, and you can find a much better taco at a taco stand on the street. That's fast food. So, you know, what really conveys bare emotions, at least it's, you know, it really satisfies me, not only financially, but also the food is better, tastes better. Sometimes it's on the street. So just because you create these artsy films, that doesn't mean that you are creating art, or at least everyone can understand your art. Because sometimes people say, well, you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand artsy films. Because people turn on the fan of Scorsese and this, and this saying, well, he makes artsy films. I don't consider just gangster films artsy films. I'm sorry. You know, you can have an idea of what his films are, but all he has ever done is, uh, you know, gangsters, mobsters, uh, you know, low lives, psychopath movies. You know, people are people that are really just definitely the bottom of the bottom. You know, and they rise in their own underworld by just being deceitful, by cheating, by killing. So that's the world that he lives in, at least in his mindset, because I don't think he lives in that world. But he makes movies like that, you know, and people love him because he has made some of those movies and people praise him. But it goes back to Hollywood praising sometimes people like, you know, in this case that, you know, don't deserve to be praised. Roman Polanski, for example, you know, he's always been, you know, Hollywood puts him on a pedestal. and He's just a pedophile. You know, even Martin Scorsese defend him. Woody Allen defend him. And all these directors have been always in, you know, in cahoots about a lot of those things. I'm saying I'm not here to criticize or say, well, they are this and that. But, you know, Hollywood always puts this film. You know, when you look at the lately, you know, we, we heard that, of course, that Marvel is pushing, uh, you know, in this case, Avengers Endgame for the, you know, for the Academy Awards. You know, they might push, they might not win, and very likely they're not going to win. And it's nothing to do with the film itself. It has to do with the way the Academy uh, really consider films. They put some films up among others, on top of others, and they might not be even the best films in the world. I can tell you last year, of course, we have Roma, uh, and, you know, I love Alfonso Cuarón as a Mexican I'm proud of his film. I love the cinematography in his film. When I watch, in this case, Roma, uh, it is an okay story. I'm not going to tell you that. I think a lot of people are praising it, in this case, particularly in this woke society that we live in today, praising saying because he's trying to do that, he's trying to do that, he's trying to push for, you know, in this case, the image of an, in, you know, in this case, a native, a Mexican a native person dealing, dealing with, the in this case, with the Mexico, the late 60s, the early 70s, and all of that stuff, you know, and the, I could do one thing, the film is magnificent with the cinematography but when people are talking about all these things about this film a lot of these people don't understand the background i think you can understand roma better if you are mexican if you are mexican of that era if you're a mexican of the 70s or in this case in that time frame you know like i grew up in the end this and this time frame you know i grew up in the late 70s but i grew up in the aftermath of the events that happened within the, the, the historical events that happened in mexico within that film so i understand you know because you know, firsthand because in this well secondhand that case because our parents talk about it you know all the, the issues that happened during that time you know and we understand it was part of the history so as a mexican i understand a lot of the film and uh, i understand the implications of it and it feels more at home but the cinematography is magnificent the film is great the cinematography is great but i wouldn't consider that it convey emotions to me the same way i would say avengers endgame did because it felt more at home for me because it really felt not only the MCU as a whole, but every film has conveyed. Some of the greatest films that I enjoy there, you know, they really portray stories. When you look at, for example, there is a story what happened uh, with, in this case, um, I'm going to say, in this case, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, Coppola, uh, he was... Um, 
uh, actually, uh, it, you know, he, he participated on the screen of Black Panther when Black Panther, uh, of course, uh, came around. So let me just show show you that uh, Black Panther, uh, and I'm going to the Hollywood Reporter. Again, I'm going to have the link for you. Francis Ford Coppola screened an early cut of Black Panther. And in this one, the Godfather director had a favorite scene. And, you know, when you talk about C Coppola, he is pretty much a contemporary, uh, in this case, Scorsese. They pretty much are part of the same generation. And also, of course, uh, uh, you know, in this case, uh, Coppola, he is, the, you know, in this case, the director of The Godfather. It's the gangster film of all gangster films. And he was so struck by one scene in particular when he screened an early cut of Black Panther. Uh, he, I'm reading this on the commentary track for the Marvel blockbuster. Director Ryan Coogler reveals that he showed an early cut of the film to the Godfather director because his work inspired a lot of the story. Coogler said, "As soon as the movie was off, he said, rewind it to the most important scene in the movie, the scene where everything changed." Coogler said. Uh, said moment is when T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, confronts Suri for his Whitaker about what happened to Eric Killmonger, Stevens, Michael B. Jordan, and his father, Anjobu, Sterling K. Brown, years before in Oakland. T'Challa has learned that his father, T'Chaka, played by Ata Atanwa Kani in the flashbacks, killed his own brother, Onjobu, who had secretly been planning to arm the oppressed peoples of the world with vibranium. Now, uh, of course, you know, when you think about... Um, that part, you know, he, 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 he went to watch it. You know, he was, uh, in this case, Cooler. Uh, he admired Coppola because of his work. And a lot of, he took a lot of inspiration on his film that also wore Academy, you know, in this case, some awards from the Academy. Uh, he wanted to screen it to him, you know, because he is a hero to him. And he watched the film and he loved the film. And not only that, he asked, let me rewind to the best part of the film. He enjoyed that part. That's an important, a very strong part of the film. It really is when everything changed. In this case, the child realizes definitely the sense of the father has really touched the kids. It's one of the most important parts of the film. Not only that one, I enjoyed the part where actually Killmonger is in the spirit world. And he is meeting his father as a kid. Definitely, that's another powerful film. It is a powerful film. You know, a lot of people don't like it because it's a bit artsy. You can say that, but it really conveys some emotions. At least it did for me. So I consider the film great. And I, and it's not only that. Captain you know, America, First Avenger, uh, Civil War, all of these films. Well, Civil War, not as much, I would say, as Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier was definitely uh, a really good one. Uh, you know, all these films had done fantastic work really to convey those emotions some better than others and uh we can see the growth and expansion of the mcu now i'm not here to tell you that um in this case scorsese is wrong and i'm not here to discredit him as a i would say as a director you know he has done the work he's been involved in cinema he's respected by a lot of people because of that a lot of people take a lot of inspiration from him he is pretty much the i would say one of the the father of modern cinematography uh, of the style of cinematography the storytelling i've never been crazy about his films i'm never going to be crazy about his style i don't care about those films but superheroes are there now there's an expression in spanish that says uh el gusto se rompen generos which actually you, it translates kind of like taste uh breaks down into genres uh that's what he pretty much 
kind of it tells. And isn't it saying that people say constantly when they disagree with something, agree to disagree technically. Um, but it is, a, it really means a lot. You know, taste is always divided. You know, people, you know, you can break it down. Everybody has a different taste of things. There's a lot of genres, a subgenres of films. And in this case, superheroes are a subgenre. For so many years, they were pretty much put aside as non-important films, that they're not conveying emotions. But they have grown from the beginning of those films from the years ago when there were really stupid films and not, not really any meat and potatoes to the message, they have grown to become more than that. And they convey emotions of growth. You have to understand that. What are emotions? When you go to the dictionary, emotions are feelings. And feelings can be anger, can be joy, can be, uh, you know, in this case, love, can be laughter, can be sadness and depression, you know, can be fear. And all these emotions are conveying films. And that's what cinema is all about. You create these films that convey emotions. And everyone, you, you watch a horror film, you feel fear. You can feel fearful of some of those films. You know, it can be scary. You can watch a, in this case, a thriller, and you can feel that tension going, rising up. And sometimes you can feel the sadness of movies and people dealing with their struggles. You know, you can feel that. And, you know, the MCU kind of conveys all of those emotions of peace, joy, patriotism, and all of those things are there. So for a director in this caliber to say that they're not as important as his films, you know, he is definitely being a stuck-up about it. You know, and this is the problem with Hollywood right now, and it's been the problem for years. They're stuck-ups. They think that there are only their films that they consider artsy are important and they dismiss in this case actually the people that have put this industry in the place that it, it is now if it wasn't for the viewers if it wasn't for the audience these films will never make it you know the audience comes to watch these films you know and they're the one paying with their money you're saying that they don't like good they're pretty much saying oh they're uncult people we are uncult because we don't like your films but we like these films, I think you're making separation between one and the other. I can enjoy monster films as well, but they don't convey the same emotions as they do hero films when we talk about people that going against the tide. There's so many filmmakers, there's so many good movies. At the end of the day, it's not the way or the story, it's the way the story is presented. And it's the way the story conveys those emotions and how it touches you. It can touch you one way or the other. Uh, you can have the most beautiful looking film like Roma. It's so beautiful watching, but it didn't convey as many emotions for me. It is beautiful cinematography wise, but I wouldn't consider it the best story. But I would say Avengers Endgame, it did touch me. It touched me. You know, and, and that's important. It touched me because it is the end of the road for the MCU. And it really brings all the stories together. And this is an epic film. Kind of like the same as, you know, the, the Ten Commandments. So if any of those classic epic films. Yeah, genres have always been there. There's always been different genres. And this is a different thing. You know, this is inspired on comic books. They were inspired on children. You know, there were children's, you know, books. But those children books evolve with the people evolve and they have grown into now, you know, more people are not reading comic books, but those stories have grown to the point that now films are being made of those stories. And Joker is proof of that. It's based on a story people are praising it. I haven't watched it, so I'm not going to praise it here or say that it's bad or wrong. I'm going to take my time to do it. But I can tell you one thing, definitely those films are evolving. This is an industry that is evolving. And it's not just because, and, and honestly, the Joker, like a lot of people saying, took a lot of pressure from, in this case, from Taxi Driver. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's a matter of personal 
opinion. It's a matter of taste. Yeah, he has his opinion. He's pretty much an old timer thinking that way uh, because the industry has evolved and superheroes continue to evolve. The superhero genre is continuing to evolve to a point that films are opening doors for other stories that not necessarily are the same basic stories of, you know, one punching the face of the you know hero punching a villain are becoming more in-depth, you know, more in intricate, you know, and uh, definitely, uh, you know, they have a lot more to give than they did, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But that's just my opinion. What do you think? What do you think about his um, his uh, point of view? Do you agree with him? Do you disagree with him? Are you a fan of the MCU? You don't like the MCU? You think it's just cheesy popcorn films? Let me know in the comments below uh, if you're watching this in YouTube, if you're listening uh, in the podcast, iTunes, Teacher, Spreaker, CastBox, Spotify, TuneIn, uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, just uh, you can come to Twitter. You can come to my Facebook page. The links are down below as, again, and uh, you can share your opinion there with me. So once again, my friends, God bless. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again. Bye-bye.